Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Kevin Durant did the damn thing. Is Major League Baseball to blame for pitching injuries? Plus, why is this year different for the Patriots? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Down 17, no Kyrie Irving, a hobbled James Harden, and Kevin Durant says, look, I got it. And in fact, he did get it. A monster triple-double, 49 points, 17 rebounds, and 10 assists. And the Nets stun the Milwaukee Bucks, 114-108. Joining me now from Locked On Nets, Adam Armbrecht and Adam, Kevin Durant was otherworldly in this basketball game. I don't even have a question because I'm still sort of in awe over what we saw. Slim Reaper status, man. I Listen, I, I think Kevin Durant, no excuse or explanation needed that he's the best player in this series, might be the best player in the NBA. Debate that if you want. But this game was was the proof in the pudding of what this guy is capable of when he needs to take it over. You mentioned the line that puts him in the elite NBA playoff company of only Luka Doncic, Charles Barkley, and Oscar Robertson, excuse me, with 40-plus points, 15-plus rebounds, and 10-plus assists. It, it just seemed like a matter of when, not if, he was going to take over a game that he played every single second of. Adam, he did everything in this basketball game. And I think it speaks to what this team is capable of. This is a Milwaukee Bucks team that was excellent during the course of the season. They had, uh, for much of the year, the best or second best point differential in the East. And they're at something close to full strength. The Nets, decidedly not. So how much of this do you look at and go, okay, well, now if the Nets win this series, they have a chance to get healthy and it's hard to imagine anyone stopping this team when they have all their guys, if they're going to look like this when they have, what, one and a third of their guys? Yeah, and I think this was the the one doomsday scenario yeah. was injury. <laughs> and whether or not that could befall them, and yet here we find ourselves, right? Like, it, 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 And this is the script that you never write for an NBA team. You say, well, if you didn't have one of these guys or two of these guys, if all of a sudden Harden and Kyrie weren't available in the series... But when you see a performance like this against arguably the, the second best team seeding disregarded in the Eastern Conference, it just feels like you get through this. Go, I, I don't care who you want to throw out from the West. This is what this team was built for and constructed for. And if you can just get Harden back to health, I think even two stars is more than enough to get the Nets the chip. Quickly here as we finish up, the Bucks were up 17, as I said, at one point. And yet in the second half, they fully melted down. How much of this was, you know, the Nets snatching this game and how much was the Bucks trying to play too much iso ball and, and falling into the trying to match buckets trap here? Yeah, I, I think early things were working for the Bucks, but also simultaneously, the Nets were struggling to find their rhythm. So uh, a theme of this series, a theme for the Milwaukee Bucks over the last few years has been they don't really make adjustments. They play their game, and when it works, it's good. When it doesn't, they don't have a, another mode to go to. So all the things that Giannis did well early in this one just didn't pay dividends later. And really, I, to me, it came down to intensity. It just seemed like 
when they came out in the second half, Kevin Durant led that charge. But every single player, including the likes of Jeff Green, even James Harden, for all that he wasn't in this game, there's an emotional leader there. So that, I think, was a big part of what they were able to do. Locked on today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, is Major League Baseball to blame for pitching injuries? That's next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Nikola Jokic, the NBA's MVP, and Steph Curry, the league's scoring leader, highlighted the announcement of the 2020-2021 All-NBA teams on Tuesday night. Jokic and Curry were two of the five players named to the first team, where they were joined by Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Kawhi Leonard. So if the Packers traded Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders, Derek Carr would... Quit. I know what I've put on film. I know the things that I've been able to accomplish. And I still want more. There's still more. And I want to do it here. I don't want to do it anywhere else. I've said it over and over again. I, I'd probably quit football if I had to play for somebody else. You know, I, I am a Raider for my entire life. I'm going to root for one team for the rest of my life. And uh, it's the Raiders. The Tampa Bay Lightning couldn't head to New York down 0-2. And now the Islanders will have to rebound on home ice. Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders here. Islanders fall to the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-2 series, even now at one game apiece. Blatantly put, the Islanders did not do all the little things they did so well in Game 1 in Game 2. You knew Tampa Bay was coming at them with more intensity, and the Islanders were unable to answer that challenge. At the end of the day, the neutral zone, there was too much room. They didn't stay out of the penalty box and they weren't able to kill penalties when they did take penalties. So the Islanders just didn't get enough things done right in order to win again. However, they did split the two games in Tampa. The next two games are in the old barn on Long Island. and Hopefully the Islanders can rebound. Mission accomplished in Tampa to get the split. Now they've got a hold on home ice. We will not be getting the golf pairing we all hoped for as the USGA decided not to pair the feuding Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau together for the U.S. Open this week. Instead, the two players will be pretty far apart for the first two rounds. Kepka is playing with Colin Morikawa and Justin Thomas starting at 10:29 Eastern on Thursday. DeChambeau, as the U.S. Open tradition, will play with the defending U.S. amateur champ and reigning Masters champion Hideki Matsuyama. They will tee off at 4.14 p.m. Maybe the golf gods will bless us and we will get Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau on a Saturday or Sunday round with the U.S. Open on the line. I am here for it. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for this weekend on BetOnline.ag. The Atlanta Hawks have surprised everyone and kept pace with the Philadelphia 76ers heading into Game 5. The BetOnline.ag line for this game is Philly favored by 6. The Los Angeles Clippers look like the one seed as they tied their series at two games apiece with the Utah Jazz. Game 5 of that series is tonight. And the BetOnline.ag line is Utah giving 3. For all of your NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoff, MLB, or golf odds, BetOnline.ag has you covered sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus bet online your online sports book experts here is another story you need to know foreign substances on the baseball for pitchers has been hurting hitters now apparently it's hurting pitchers 
when MLB says, look, you can't do this anymore. Tampa Bay Rays right-hander Tyler Glass now says his injury diagnosed with a partially torn ulnar collateral ligament and a flexor tendon strain is in part due to the changes baseball has made to the way they're going to allow pitchers to doctor up the baseball. Joining me now from Locked on Rays, Kevin Weiss and Kevin, as baseball tries to uh, tamp down some of the more aggressive ways that these pitchers are trying to affect the baseball, it seems like there could have been a better way to go about rolling this out so someone like Tyler Glass now doesn't have to make these wholesale changes essentially overnight. Yeah, Peter, you really hit the nail on the head with that. They should have, in baseball, MLB has an issue of doing things too quickly and short-sighted and not thinking things through. And I think they have a situation on their hands with glass now. And I'm sure many others, many other pitchers will deal with this as well. If it was that big of an issue uh, for the last couple of years or whatnot, they should have made it clear before the season, well before spring training started that this is going to be uh, how we enforce. We're really cracking down on this issue and hey, just be aware. This is what's going to happen instead of, in mid late June where guys like Tyler glass now have already racked up 80 innings and we're already using some sort of substance and in glass now's case, he says he just uses rosin and sunscreen and you could see it in his last start and the, the start where he was actually taken out of the game after the fourth inning that, I mean, it seemed like every pitch he was trying to shape the baseball, uh, grab some dirt on the mound uh, rub some sweat off his arms and shoulders. Like he was just not comfortable and not getting a good grip on the baseball. And he actually also blamed the, uh, the, the Chicago white Sox, I guess, crew that handles the baseball and, and making it uh, more slicker than uh, what he's used to at Tropicana field and other environments. So it is an issue that I think, um, you know, baseball tries to get right and it could turn out to, to blow up in their face before it's all said and done. Do you think there's some merit to this idea of putting together, you know, the rosin bag is something that we've we've had for as long as seemingly we've had baseball. But now there's this this push to say, OK, there there could be this substance that allows pitchers to get a better grip on the ball, but wouldn't affect the spin rate the same way that something like spider tack would. Do you think that solution is a potential middle ground here that could work? Yeah, I think they should come up with something that. Uh, that is approved that every player and pitcher can use and say, okay, you can use just like a little addendum to the rosin, some sort of mix that really lets you get a decent enough grip on the ball to where you don't feel like you're having to choke it to throw in glass. Now's case a 98, 99 mile an hour fastball, which he said is ultimately what led to his injury there. I think that that is certainly an option there. And I also think just, some standardization and some quality control. I think there there absolutely is something that you could, I don't want to go as far as to say spider tech is the solution, but I'm sure there's some sort of little, you know, rosin plus sort of material that you can, um, that, that pitchers can have access to that that's on the mound or uh, is standardized in their pocket or whatnot and, and go from there and try to find a solution with that. A QB battle in New England. So why is this year different for the Patriots? Our Q of the Day is next. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, comes in nine delicious flavors. In addition to limited time flavors, and every time they come out with a new flavor, they seem to be trying to outdo their last flavor, and somehow they do it. And you still have the old standbys, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel to be there when you need it. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and yet they are low fat, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They are not going to blow up your calorie count for the day. Use the promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the day. After nearly two decades being the most stable franchise with the most stable quarterback position in the National Football League for the second straight season, we have questions about the New England Patriots quarterback position. That sound you hear is the rest of the league playing the world's smallest violin. That sound you hear is also Mike DeBate from Locked On Patriots joining me now. And Mike, First, we heard Mac Jones, the new first-round pick, was taking third-team reps. Then it was, oh, actually, when the weather was not so great, he looked like the best quarterback out there. What's the latest with the Patriots quarterback situation? Well, after Tuesday's practice, Max still looks to be the leader in the clubhouse in terms of quarterback performance, Peter. He's been accurate. He's been decisive. He's been stepping into his throws very well, finding his rhythm. Had a couple of hiccups at the end of Tuesday's practice through a couple of interceptions. One of those was to Dante Hightower, the other to Kyle Van Noy. Those two guys are no strangers to picking off passes. So if you're going to put a blemish on the record of Mac Jones, do it against guys like Hightower and Van Noy. They've got a very good pedigree and a very good track record for that but it's still extremely early mac is doing well by his own admission by bill belichick's own admission this week he's still finding his rhythm he's still learning a lot mac made a comment to um reporters earlier this week that he's putting his learning capabilities into two buckets things he knows and things he knows he has to learn so it's still early on in the process Cam Newton has looked a little bit shaky, but he's still looking like the Cam Newton of old at times when he steps into throws. He's going to be able to overcome that. And, of course, Jared Stidham is actually performing well uh, as well in uh, training camp. So interesting times in New England, and they're only going to get more interesting as training camp opens in late uh, July. You mentioned those defenders who are no strangers to creating turnovers. The Patriots get a cadre of guys back, guys who opted out last year, guys who were hurt like Stephon Gilmore. And this defense is going to have to carry this team, especially if they do, in fact, go ahead and start Mac Jones. How much better can this defense be in 2021 than the version of the Bill Belichick defense we saw last year, which was, frankly, un-Belichickian? Yeah, I think that's a great term to use. Unpelichekian is exactly what the Patriots defense was last year. Had difficulty setting the edge, had difficulty stopping the run. Bill Belichick knew that as well as anyone. And the additions that he made in the offseason, I think, are a perfect complement to the draft picks that they brought in. Guys like Christian Barmore and Ronnie Perkins bringing a lot of energy, a lot of high motor play, and really filling roles that some of 
the Patriot defenders that they may have lost in free agency, like an Adam Butler, it's going to be adequately filled by someone like a Christian Barmore. They've brought in some solid additions this year between Matt Judon, who has looked great in minicamp so far, Henry Anderson, who's been making big-time stops, Devon Godshaw, who's going to really, I think, solidify the middle and the interior of that defensive line. It's all going to be about the front seven. The Patriots are going to be much better in that area. Mentioned Van Noy, having him back in the fold is huge. He knows the system. Dante Hightower, the play caller in that linebacking core without any question. And, of course, you mentioned Stefan Gilmore. And right now, Patriots Nation is currently holding its collective breath, wondering how all of these contract negotiations with Gilmore and the Patriots are going to shake out. But ultimately, if he's back, that's going to mean that this Patriots defense is going to be much better than they were in 2020. And finally, UEFA has said several people are being treated in the hospital for injuries caused by a protester who parachuted into Munich's arena after France's 1-0 victory over Germany at Euro 2020. The protester's parachute had the slogan, Kick Out Oil and Greenpeace written on it. He glided into the stadium and seemed to lose control after connecting with the wires. He veered away from the playing area toward the main grandstand and barely cleared the heads of spectators. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up Thursday, will the top seeds in the NBA playoffs prevail? We'll have the latest. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. Today.